The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So as an introduction uh, for the last talk on what is the Dharma, I want to say that um, there's a long history of Buddhists down through the centuries and different countries having a celebratory attitude towards the Dharma. Uh, Sometimes when you spend a lot of time with the Buddhist monastics, you don't get quite the sense of celebration because they're kind of required to have a decorum of being calm, quiet, and not so expressive. And uh, <clears throat> But uh, in fact, many Buddhists uh, will celebrate and sing and, and uh, chant and uh, have a, uh, quite, you know, historically quite a wonderful, rich, celebratory feeling about the Dharma. Feels, they feel so fortunate, so lucky, it's so wonderful. The word dharma represents something huge for them. Um, the, uh, the Buddhist teacher, a very famous, kind of a, a somewhat naturalistic teacher in, Tha- in Thailand, Ajahn Buddhadasa, a great intellectually kind of reformed much of Thai Buddhism from much of its superstitious background in the earlier times. times. And um, he um, uh, he was involved in a lot of interreligious dialogue, or some some of it. And uh, he was, was quite content to equate the Christian and, and the Muslim idea of God with um, Dharma. So exactly what he meant by that and how it worked, but it kind of has the same place uh, that uh, this word Dharma, this concept, this. This, uh, this reality of Dharma uh, has this huge place in the life of Buddhists that um, they celebrate and they're you know delighted for and inspired for and they go to it for protection. Uh, it's something that protects them and and that keeps them safe. So it's a powerful and wonderful topic and uh, and I think that uh, f- uh, as a, as a Dharma practice, Buddhist practice deepens and fills out and becomes grows. That um, there can be a wonderful sense of that there is this kind of support, protection. Uh, there is this kind of inspiration, this growth, this tremendous value uh, that comes from the Dharma. That almost treats it as something that is um, has has its own existence. However, the Dharma that we're talking about is inseparable for the people who practice the Dharma. It's, uh, the Dharma is something which kind of exists within us as a natural process, so something natural and com- that's available uh, if we make room for it, if we allow for it, if we practice. And it's a little bit like someone who uh, lives a very stressful life, very busy, always running and doing and all that, and their health suffers dramatically and the doctors say, you have to, you know, you're not going to live much longer unless you change. And the person, sure enough, changes radically. Maybe they retire, they 
they go on a long vacation, they slow down, they meditate, they go on retreats, and, and mostly they stop doing. And in that not doing, there's a whole settling and opening and healing process that can unfold that is mostly not because they did the healing, but that's a natural process by which uh, you know, so much of the distressing brings, brings with it, uh, allows the, with it is the movement towards health that the body can, to some degree, in some ways, allow for. And even if it's not physical health, there are people for whom there's been, um, who, have, who feel like they were healed while they were dying. Uh, which some people that sound that's counterintuitive or kind of goes doesn't quite work. They weren't cured, but there was a deep psychological, spiritual healing that happened in the process of dying. That also didn't necessarily seem to be their own doing, but it was available here in this letting go, this opening up, this allowing something to unfold and flower and come to fruit. So um, the last meeting meaning that I want to talk about this week about Dharma is that, um, well, I would go back to, in the first day I said that there were three primary meanings of Dharma. The first is uh, the, uh, and all of them are kind of verbs, kind of important to understand them as it's an involvement, an engagement that uh, is involved when we talk about the Dharma. It's not something abstract, removed. So it's easy to kind of see, well, the Dharma is the teachings of the Buddha. I'll get a book out to read about it. Um, uh, but the, the real Dharma is, comes from engagement. And so the first one is um, the Dharma, which is the process of learning, learning those teachings. Uh, not just learning them, memorizing them, but engaging them and arguing with them and, and uh, exploring them and and discovering how they work for ourselves. The second is, uh, meaning of Dharma, is the practice that we do, uh, the Dharma practice. And in some ways, that probably is the most important. <clears throat> I put a tremendous value in the practice, love it. And, and the third is um, attainment, uh, the higher uh, arrival, higher coming into a new way of being. Sometimes it's called, uh, when there's this threefold definition of the Dharma, uh, this last one sometimes is called penetration. Uh, so to, uh, uh, to penetrate for oneself, to know for oneself uh, the, the heart of the Dharma, but not by just the knowing of it, but uh, the transformation of it. So this, uh, uh, the the last of the three kind of definitions for Dharma is to um, is the attainments that transform us. So we can maybe call that uh, Dharma is transformation uh, in the realm of freedom, in the realm of, of um, all the good that the Dharma represents, including um, compassion and care and love and freedom and wisdom and joy and happiness and honesty and a lot of things that come. And so this attainment, this last, uh, uh, what Dharma is, that itself is sometimes divided into three categories. And that is that it's, um, uh, it's called, it's wonderful uh, terms, uh, uh, the first two, 
uh, uh, path and fruit. There's the path of, uh, that uh, we, we practice and it puts us on a path. The Dharma is onward leading. There's a road, there's a conveyor belt, there's a stream that we enter into. And so this entering into the stream, entering into this path, is a phenomenal and wonderful thing. It usually doesn't uh, happen in an instant, but usually people who practice, after some point it dawns on them, wait a minute, there's something happening, growing, developing, unfolding here that's supporting me. I'm really in the stream. I'm in this current. I'm on the conveyor belt. There's not really any getting off it anymore. This is a powerful momentum uh, for health and, and, and freedom. So that's the path. And uh, when we kind of enter into it, and then there's, uh, the path comes to fruition. Uh, it has a, it's called fruit. And this is also a beautiful kind of organic metaphor that um, of something which naturally grows and ripens. At first, uh, in the tree, there's not even the leaves in the, after the winter. And first the leaves grow, and then the, the flowers appear, and then the flowers get pollinated, and that uh, the fruit begins to grow slowly. And, and then by the end of the season, <clears throat> the fruit is ripe. And uh, a wonderful example of fruit here, fruition of practice, is that if you leave the fruit alone, like an apple alone on the tree, at some point, the connection of the stem of the, of the apple to the branch um, falls apart, and the apple falls. And so the same way that uh, at some point in this practice, we ripen, and the most natural process of it all is that when the ripening is full, which we can't know when exactly it is, that something releases, something lets go in a deep, full, complete way. And you don't put the apple back up on the tree, put tape on and try to get it to be attached to the tree again. Um, it's uh, it's uh, kind of irreversible, that process, once it falls off. So fruition is uh, something that's irreversible change, transformation. And that uh, the third is nirvana, nibbana. And this is the experience, the knowing of the absence of clinging. It's the release. And knowing that release, knowing that freedom of, um, <clears throat> of no longer uh, clinging, resisting, craving, wanting, holding on tight to ideas, to anything. To and, uh, and that idea of path, fruit, and release, freedom, is available in hints, in small ways, from the very beginning of a person's practice. It's, at some point as we practice, it's really helpful to get a feel or a sense, intuition, for the momentum, for what's opening up, that, oh, something's opening here. A feel, a sense of, of uh, it comes to a fruition, it comes to, there's a, the fullness, there's a possibility of really being free here. And then there is a feeling, the sense that of what that freedom, that release is like. And these, these are, can be found just right there in mindfulness of breathing. To really trust the coming and going, the arising and passing of the inhales, of the exhales, as I pointed to in the medita- meditation just now. 
that um, there can be little hints that, oh, this is what it's about. Here is the, here it is, it's unfolding. From the beginning to the end of the meditation, something unfolded. I was in the stream, I was in this onward leading nature, I'm more settled, more open. A little bit more sense of, of, being, of being released and not caught. Take these into account, know these, appreciate these, so they can grow. And when it doesn't go in some nice linear fashion that way, sometimes when we practice, uh, the conveyor belt of practice brings us to places in our lives that we have to, of difficulty, where we have to, uh, where we encounter the unresolved issues of our life. And then we can maybe appreciate that, oh, I don't want to look at this, I don't want to deal with this, this is painful, but the Dharma knows best. The Dharma knows it's time for me to be able to practice with this too. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult there, or quite a bit more difficult now for a while, but this is good. That in the context of doing this practice, this has arose, and now I get to face this and work with this. And so this gives a uh, adds to the freedom that we can live with. The freedom of being willing to be with the difficulties of our life, to practice with those as well. And if our freedom we're finding in this practice doesn't include a certain kind of freedom and a willingness to practice also with our difficulties, then I think this Dharma doesn't have a chance to grow into its fullness. Then it's not really a real thing that has to do with our life. So Dharma... Dharma is the foundation for, and this under, hopefully this understanding that we offer, I offered this week, uh, will offer, offer a foundation for what we'll do in the uh, in the upcoming months here and on these uh, morning teachings here. So thank you very much, and uh, uh, next week, the Monday and Tuesday, I'll be at the retreat center. And so I'll uh, be broadcasting from there. And so you'll see a little bit different, or quite a different location. And, and probably I'll, I'll sit uh, where with uh, um, Patachara, the, the statue of the nun Patachara that we used to have for a while here, early in the pandemic, but now it's down at IRC. So thank you, and I look forward to Monday. <laughs>